Hello and welcome to Keep Right on a Birmingham City podcast from us here at Birmingham Live. I'm Brian Dick and I'm joined as ever by our Blues reporter Alex Dickin, a man who I was sitting next to probably about nine or ten hours ago as we were watching Birmingham City finally score a goal and win a game of football which will never grow old. Good morning Alex, how are you? Good morning, Brian. Very well. The goal took a while, didn't it? Probably about 70 shots <laughs> since uh, since Blues last score. But thankfully, Dizelle poked home and uh, we were all celebrating three points. Yeah, no, indeed. Uh, not exactly a conversion ratio that's going to serve you very well. But uh, the, the sense of relief around the stadium, almost disbelief, wasn't it, when, when the ball finally crossed the line? Um, so, yes, yeah, got, got us all in a good mood. And um, as ever, we'll... Uh, we'll Look back at last night's game, uh, look ahead a little bit to the Sunderland game. We've got loads of takes and questions today, so it's almost like uh, your interest has gone up uh, with a with a good result, so that's fantastic. Thank you for those, as ever. Um, I'm going to start with a take because I think it probably um, sums, up every th- sums up last night completely. It's from Nick Morris. He says, massive win, performance sh- should have... Uh, per- sorry, massive win and performance should have been more but very happy uh, with that victory. That's about sums it up, doesn't it, Alex? Yeah, that's about perfect, isn't it? Um, performance was good, really good. Uh, performance over the last four games, even though Blues have lost three of them, have been okay. Sheffield Wednesday was a bit of, bit of an iffy one because they did have chances, but performance have been good. But, you know, speaking to Tony Mowbray afterwards, it's not performance, it's really the breed that much confidence. It's points at the end of the day and... Thankfully, Blues got three. Um, they didn't really look in a lot of danger throughout the whole game, to be honest. Blackburn didn't offer a lot going forward. The only moment they did have came in the 94th minute, didn't it, where the uh, the cross comes in and John Rooney's made an absolutely fantastic save from the header. And then the, the referee's blown his whistle for full time straight away. So it would have been very unjust. But, you know, pretty typical Blues if if that had ended 1-1 right there. Thankfully, it didn't. Thankfully, Blues got three points and it was it was well-deserved. Yeah, I'd, I'd have been moderately terrified, actually, if Blackburn had uh, clawed an equaliser there. And 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 then, you know, you, yes, the goal drought had been broken, but you do start, you really start to worry about league position and, and momentum and, and, and body blows and the psychological impact that things like that have on, on, on a team then. Um, so, yeah, it was... Absolutely, I agree. Thoroughly deserved. Should have been more. Could have been a couple of goals up at half time. Should have been three or four out of sight um, by the end. And indeed, that Blackburn's only chance uh, was was that was that um, was that one at the end. And do you know they've contained Sammy Smodix, who scored twenty two goals this season. I didn't really notice him last night. I've got to say, uh, and Sam Gallagher. You know, I, th- I thought they handled him really well. Um, you know, Blackburn are a dangerous team with a, with some very good footballers and a good front, front three, as you said last night. Um, and they re- really just didn't have a sniff. And Tony Mowbray explained why they'd been kept so quiet, didn't he? Uh, yeah. It, it was something along the lines of it was it was the old it, it was the old artists and, and battlers again, wasn't it? Didn't he say that last night? Yeah, he made some changes, didn't he, from the game at Sheffield Wednesday? Yeah. Uh, there were a few surprises in there. Obviously, John really came back in after an injury. Uh, Mark Roberts at centre-back and captain was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Lee Buchanan on the bench, another surprise. Cody Drummond in, in, into the back line. Um, an artist, artist midfield with uh, with Peck and uh, Dezelle in there and Sonia on the bench. But there, there were changes and, and Mowbray explained that it was, uh, it was basically that he wanted to pick a more pragmatic team, a team that could basically sweat blood 
and uh, and you know could be relied on. And those eleven players were were just that. Um, he was he was referring to taking the players out. You know, who do the drag backs and the flicks. You know, i.e., we know that Janine Bakuna and, and Sariki Dembele. And those two, to be fair, he did say came on. And made a big impact. Janino Bakuna was involved in the goal, wasn't he? Uh, with yeah. a lovely piece of skill on the left-hand side before the, the cut back into the box. So, um, so yeah, it's horses for calls, isn't it? Really, um, it was a, it was it was a, a strange selection. I think at the time I was I was looking at it when I saw it, I was like, whoa. Um, but but it worked. It mm. worked really well. And, and Blues, you know, they got the got the three points they needed. Yeah, indeed. As you say, you know, a right back playing on the on the left, uh, JJ. Playing playing out wide, um, mm. you know, a uh, Peck who making a full championship debut. It, the, it was it was riddled with question marks at the start, wasn't it? But I, I think I think it, I actually thought you you your ratings were slightly harsh last last night because I couldn't point. I mean, you, I think you gave there was no one lower than a seven, was there? Yeah, it was um, yeah. I you know maybe maybe I'd have given everyone at least a seven and a half because everyone did well last night. Uh, so maybe they're not that. So we're talking about half a point. So maybe they're not that bad. Um, but yeah, uh, just a, just a really good, good, some really good individual performances, but also very good collective performance as well. And there's one player who's who just leapt out, and I've just mentioned him there. And it, it was the it was the the, the South Korean genius Peck Shunho. Who uh, I think St Andrews fell in, sorry St Andrews at Knighthead Park fell in love with <laughs> fell in love with last night didn't didn't they um, Alex we've had loads of takes about Peck what was your assessment of his performance and his potential because I think that's what's most exciting oh for sixty five minutes he was brilliant wasn't he I don't think he yeah. put a foot wrong his pass completion was good he won the ball back so much his energy levels were outstanding. But the thing that impressed me most, how good he was in tight spaces, there were two occasions, one first half, one second half. The one first half where he's in the middle of the pitch, you know, in trouble against two Blackburn players, and he just turned and ran in between the pair of them, drifted round a third Blackburn player and then been rugby tackled to the ground, which somehow wasn't a yellow card. And then second half, he's got into another tight area and just sidestepped two players brilliantly and played the ball out wide. Um, he just looks the complete footballer, doesn't he? He looks like he's got a bit of effort, and we thought that in his first two games off the bench against West Brom and Sheffield Wednesday, in that he was popping up all over the place. Seemed to have every every trick in the book, every every golf club in terms of every you know pass selection, every you know cross selection, whether it's a chip or a low cross. Um, picks up great positions. Really, really good footballer. I really, really enjoyed watching him, and I'm already thinking, you know, that he might. He might be too good for this league, and that's that's just on three games, you know. Then he might be a top end, top end championship player, and that bodes very well. Yeah, he did absolutely look look a class apart, and uh, you know, Tony Moby raised the issue about the the, the battlers or the artists, didn't he? And we've been saying on this podcast, well, actually, it is it is possible to to have both in the same body. And I thought Peck came pretty close to to doing that. The the thing the what the the incident that really I enjoyed a lot last night was um, was a, t- a tackle with uh, Joe Rankin Costello. Um, Peck, Peck got to the ball first, and Joe Rankin Costello on, on his follow through basically, basically caught Peck. He, he cut him in half, um, and, and Peck just didn't seem to notice. And Rankin Costello ended up going off off with a knee injury. So um, 
Peck actually he actually got injured by kicking Peck. So you know, not not that I'm happy that ranking Costello's injured, but it just shows to, it. Just, he was just dominant, wasn't he, Peck last night? Just abs- absolutely excellent. And the standing ovation at the end was 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 so well deserved. Um, and yeah, I think Blues have, have, have unearthed somebody. And I, I did write a tweet last night saying, "Been years since." since Blues have had a central midfielder who has got the battle and has got the artistry. Uh, mm. And I'm just trying to go back. Now, this is not an equi- It's not, I'm not saying these two are the same player because they're not. But I, you know, I'm i going back to when Jude was in the side. Yes, Jude was only 16, but Jude had the artistry and he, and he had the, the, the sort of physicality, physicality and the muscularity. Um, I don't think Blues have had a midfielder like that with both in the same body since then. Maybe Hannibal potentially. Well, I'm not sure Hannibal has, uh, you know, had the poise that, that Peck, Peck showed last night. Um, so yeah, I'm a massive convert. I have to say, um, mm. absolutely brilliant. Um, we've also written down a name here that I, I think, I think before the game kicked off, I said to you. Is this player's season turning a little bit? And and we kind of thought it was. And I think after last night, I'll ask you that question again now. Has Tyler Roberts started to kick into gear a little bit? I think he's been a lot better under Mowbray. You take that Leicester substitute appearance out of it where all the subs who came on that day disappointed. I think Mo, um, I think Tyler Roberts has been quite effective as a substitute so far. Um, I wasn't disappointed to see him start. I was a little bit surprised because I think it, it's come off the back of, you know, that Leicester game, he didn't play at West Brom, um, and then he got a little bit of time against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, if he'd have started a month ago, I wouldn't have been surprised. But um, I thought he was really effective. You know, I, I was I was impressed. I think it was against Hull when he came on as a sub alongside Stansfield, and the pair of them worked really well together. Um, I actually think Roberts improved. You know, when he when he slightly you know changed position when Bakuna and Dembele came on, and he was able to link up with them a little bit. Um, in the final, you know, 25, 30 minutes, whatever it was. But he was he was really effective. But we know Tyler Roberts is a good player in the Championship. You know, he played for Leeds. He got promoted. Um, he was very, very good for QPR in the first 10, 15 games of last season when they were doing well before he got injured. He's a very good player if you keep him fit. That's been the issue. That's why that was his first start in six months. Um, it's, you know, if, if, if Blues have got a fully fit Tyler Roberts... He probably is in the start eleven, and that's the exciting thing because they've got so many good players, so many good players in that that number ten role in particular that can play. You know, George Hall's come back. Alex Pritchard's been signed to to start games. Bakuna likes that role as well. Jordan James can play that role, um, but Tyler Roberts is probably a little more attack minded than those players. I'd say he's more of a striker. He's he's more of a natural forward than those players. Um, but yeah. I was I was impressed with him. Misses aside because he should have scored two. Yeah, yeah. You you absolutely want that goal to come very quickly, don't you? So it doesn't become a thing. Um, the, the yeah, the, the first one when he cleaned through is a bad miss. The second one is also. It, I mean, if he's not scoring, then then he's got to pull it back for Dazelle. Uh, but I, I let's give him some credit because he was slipping and sliding over all over the show last night. Tyler Roberts. It's mm-hmm. like he was, wasn't wearing studs, um, but he he did force Sierra out of Ainsley Pearce got that turnover in, in, in the in the um Blackburn penalty area. So I'm not gonna say yes, he's allowed to miss it because he's created it because he's absolutely got to be scoring that. But that, you know, it was a self made chance. Um and, and like you, I, I think, you know, just 
real big potential. What I would say is if him and Stansfield play play up front or you know nines together, um, what Blues have to do is they have to have quality on their delivery because they're not neither of them are strikers where mm. where you're you're going to be able to stick a ball in an area and 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 say go and attack it like a Juki or you know go and get first contact like like a Hogan does sometimes or can do uh, with it, with his movement. I think you are going to have to find them in space and, and actually pass the ball to them rather than just stick it in. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that's Tyler Roberts's um, curve is is in an upward tra- trajectory, isn't it? And 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 that's really good. Yeah, Brian. Um, Brian what, sorry, what a, what a passing move it was that first Roberts chance as well. By the way, um, you know, Blues from back to front, didn't they? With with John really starting a move into the two yeah. centre backs, and there were there were a few groans, weren't there, when Blues were were playing it around at the back. And that's, I suppose, that's something the crowd and us, we've got to get used to, haven't we? It's going to happen. Blues have got to get better at it. Um, but they worked their way through the third so well, found Miyoshi in that little pocket of space uh, behind the strikers and and the ball through was lovely. And yes, Robert should have scored, but that's hopefully a sign of things to come. Yeah, Blues did play some lovely football last night. And actually, the, even against Sheffield Wednesday, they played some really nice football. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, this just—it's not down on the um, on the running order, Alex. But I just want you to um, talk through what happened at the end of John Eustace's press conference last <laughs> night. Um, it was quite so. We were quite excited about um, about Eustace's um, press conference, which is not a phrase I've ever said before. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, what it was the first opportunity to speak to him since since he'd left blues and and we had i had a bit of a scratch away didn't i didn't i about about what gary cook had said um follow, following his um f- following his introductory press conference with with wayne rooney john gave us a little bit he didn't give us a lot but he he, he gave us an, an, enough to say you know gary's entitled to his opinion and then at the end as he's walking out what happened yeah, so I'm not. Yeah, the, the press room at the St Andrews, uh, well, St Andrews at United Park, sorry, is uh, it's obviously it's in the corner of the main stand, so people obviously walk past, and I guess some some fans know it's the press room, and no managers might be doing their press conference in there. So, a fans open the door just as John Eustace is about to leave the press press conference room, and uh, and shouted in, and I'm going to get the exact quote uh, now. Uh, all the best, John. They should never have got rid of you. Um, Eustace, to be fair, we were quite close to Eustace. We were just going to get our, uh, our dictaphones off the table, phones off the table. And uh, he, he obviously heard it, turned around, smiled. And uh, and jokingly, after batting away questions about his Blues exit for five minutes, he said, there you go, you can put that in. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was, a, it was a bizarre moment. I know fans have... Uh, I put a story out about it this morning. I know fans have, in, have enjoyed it and... and started an inquest as to who it might have been um but yeah it's 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 a weird one it is is what it is uh i think we've spoken about this before but i think if you used to shouldn't have been sacked and replaced by wayne Rue, yes uh but if you'd have you know if you wanted to go down this route of possession-based football and obviously got tony mowbray in back in october you'd probably have been like that's 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 all right isn't it because that on paper you know, is an upgrade, um, yeah. especially if you want to play this way. Johnny just might go on to have a fantastic coaching career. He might prove that he might prove knighted wrong and go and become this possession-based, you know, 
attack-minded football manager and do really well in the championship. But, you know, in the here and now, Tony Mowbray is the guy that, that can do that. And without, in, in, the, in the completely wrong way, Blues have probably landed on the right manager. Yeah, indeed. And it's it's about an eye for sort of settle, steadying the ship or clearing up the mess left by Rooney and also building a team for next season, isn't it? Or a, a, a pattern or a footballing philosophy for next season. And, and I think, as you say, Mowbray probably does cover cover both those both those bases. Now, this this question created a bit of comment amongst the Blues media team when we when we titled the last podcast podcast have West Bromwich Albion plunge Blues into a relegation crisis. There was a little bit of feedback on that one. Um, so I'm going to ask you, are Blues in um, are Blues in a relegation fight now, Alex? Because I think at the time we did say, let's answer this after the Blackburn game. Well, after the Sheffield Wednesday game, I, I thought that you know Blues are right in the mix. They're only three points above the bottom three. Yeah. Last night has really improved the picture, hasn't it? Um, yeah. You know, six points above the bottom three. I know QPR have been in decent form recently. Eight points from the last four matches. Uh, there's a there's a bigger gap. There's nine points to, to Sheffield Wednesday, and Blues have played one game fewer. Um, so yeah, I, I, I to, to get to answer the actual question, I don't think Blues are in a relegation scrap as things stand. I agree with Tony Mowbray in the point that. They are going to create enough chances to beat enough teams for the end of the season. On paper, they need five wins from yeah. the remaining 15 matches to get it's, to... It's 15 to points from 15 games, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. A draw, yeah. yeah. They can do that. They can do that. It comfortably. Yeah. I'd say, I would say they're not in a relegation fight now. They are on the edge of it. And they haven't got... They haven't... You know, they're close to the edge. So they don't want to go on a, on a five-game winless run. Um, I, I, and because I think QPR are coming, I have Sheffield Wednesday and and Rotherham. You know, I just don't think they've got the quality to stay in. And unfortunately for them, um, QPR are coming. I think uh, Huddersfield look a bit wobbly. The Stoke QPR game they they play, don't they? So that'll be interesting. But you know, Blues are one point from fifteenth. I think now, um, so if they can get another positive result then. You know, I, th I think we can basically we can breathe breathe more easily. But it, it's going to take another another win or two before we go. Yeah, okay, oh, we're on our way. And that win or two needs to come before the the, the next international break in in mid March, which leads us on to takes. Alex, do you want to run us through through the first take from Effie Square? Yes. Uh, funnily, uh, Tyler Roberts, funnily enough, missed two sitters really that he should have scored, but felt that was his best game for us. Was very impressed with some of his touches and how he got the ball going forward in the first half. He will get stick because of the missed opportunities, though. Um, you know what? I I actually thought Tyler Roberts got quite a decent reception from yeah. from fans at the end of when he when he went off. Um, there was a there was a, a round of applause and I'm. Um, I think fans could appreciate how well he had played. Um, you know, he can't keep missing those chances. He won't stay in the team if he if he constantly misses those chances. But um I thought he did well, to be honest. Yeah. I thought he played quite well. It was it was uh yeah, I was just gonna say it's his best best performance in a blue shirt, but you know, he's not played many games, so he probably is. It was um, his best start best start since August, wasn't it? <laughs> it was his best start since August, yeah. Um I was impressed with him and I think yeah. you know, going into the game against Sunderland. Mowbray made seven changes, so he might make more changes. But I wouldn't be surprised if Todd Roberts kept his place. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I, I liked him. I, 
he showed good energy. His movement was good. His link-up play was good. He he didn't lose the ball um, that often, I'd, you know, in in an, in congested areas. I, as I said earlier, uh, upward upward trajectory there for for Tyler Roberts. So. Yeah, promising stuff, but the battle is, as you said as well, is keeping him fit. And, you know, if he can string 15 games together now till the end of the season, then I think we can be really quite excited about what he can bring next season. Um, Steve, Steve Thatcher um, has said, it was a massive overreaction on social media from the Sheffield Wednesday game, uh, that the team is playing well under Tony Mowbray, missing too many chances, which I don't think anyone's going to argue about, but we look better with every game. If we can just be a bit more clinical, we can stop looking over our shoulder. And Peck looks class. We've 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 done Peck, but uh, yeah, I I think there was an overreaction to the Sheffield Wednesday game because for twenty minutes it looked like a Championship side against a League Two team, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Blues absolutely dominated possession. They dominated, you know, the 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 shots, shots, uh, shots for and shots against tallies. Uh, but the, the key thing I took away from that game, and and I know uh, we've we've had we've had a debate about shots all season, haven't we? Because Blues want to become this team that has a lot of the ball and and has a lot of shots. I don't think they created a clear cut chance against Sheffield Wednesday. That is the one yeah. thing I will say. A, a chance where you're looking at a player and saying you should have scored that, like the um, Tyler Roberts one last night. Yeah. Like the Tyler Roberts, well, both of Tyler Roberts last yeah, night, yeah. especially the first one. Yeah. Whereas Sheffield Wednesday had four of those chances with Ek Ugbo. That, that you know he, he scored two and he should have probably had two more like clear goal scoring opportunities. So I found it hard to come away from that game, despite Blues having twenty five shots and sixty three percent possession and thinking that Blues should have won the game because mm. Sheffield Wednesday did create the better opportunities. Um, and also Sheffield Wednesday goalkeeper James James Beadle didn't have an awful lot of saves to make. Um, but having said that. Blues, you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna create that many shooting opportunities, and especially against Blackburn, that many chances, big chances. You think they had four or five quite clear goal scoring opportunities in the game against Blackburn. They did against Leicester as well. They had they didn't really against Albion, but that probably was a nil-nil game apart from that that chance at the end for, for Andy Wyman. Um you know, Blues keep creating this volume of chances. They're going to win football matches, aren't they? And they're going to get on the table, as Tony Mowbray has kept telling us throughout this. Um, and it was good last night that that they didn't, you know, get put off by constantly missing opportunities. They kept going, they kept pushing on, and eventually they got their rewards. Yeah, indeed. What, what you were hinting at there, which needs pointing out, is not all shots are equal, are they? You know, there's, yeah. there's hope, hope, hopeless, hopeful shots, you know. From outside the area with defenders in front of them, and there's the Tyler Roberts clean one-on-one. That you know, there almost needs to be a different a different metric. I'm sure I'm sure there is. It's called XG. Um, you know, for for measuring the quality of chances. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in, interest interesting stuff there. Um, Simon quickly, Pack looks decent. Uh, Peck, sorry, looks very looks very good, better than decent. Sorry, Simon. Uh, and Bielik was commanding at the back. I like Buchanan, but feel tonight's last night's fullbacks may get the nod for Tony Mowbray. Interesting setup with JJ on the left. If we had a cup final tomorrow, I'm not sure I'd get close to picking Tony Mowbray's best eleven, um, which is something you have to do most weeks, isn't it? Do you do you predict it? Because uh, do you do a predicted eleven or I've been do you trying. do? Yeah, 
and I've been getting it wrong. I it's think really my, hard. Yeah. My best one was his first game against Swansea because I felt that he was going to go with a kind of tried and trusted eleven, a pragmatic eleven, yeah. and I think I was one out. Um, and I've been, I think I've been one out in another game, but it's it's hard. I'm I'm pretty much guessing for those predicted 11s at the moment because you never know what he's going to do. Um, you know, you can, you can, there's a few players that you think are definitely going to start. Christian Bielik at centre-back, I think he's going to start every game yeah. now. Dazelle in midfield, he's going to start every game. Peck is probably getting towards that now as well, but obviously, you know, he's had to work on his fitness after not playing for much. There are a few others. at Dembele, you'd probably put him in your 11 most games, but he's been off it the last few weeks and, and didn't play against Blackburn. Uh, Bakuna, I know he's massively high on on Janinho Bakuna, he, he really, really rates him, but he doesn't quite quite know how to use him. I don't think I don't think he's kind of knows yeah. which position to put him in. Um, so yeah, Buchanan, Buchanan has been has been absolutely nailed on throughout the season when he's fit, he's played. But there yeah. have been signs over the last few weeks that that maybe his time in the eleven was coming to an end, and especially because Blues have got you know brilliant fullbacks really in, in Ethan Laird and Cody Drummer. There's options there if, if Lee Buchanan is having is having a poor spell, um, and I I wasn't massively surprised to see those two play at fullback last night. I was surprised by the order that it was Laird at left back and, yeah. and Drame at right back because they've done it earlier this season, haven't they? Where it was Laird at right back and and Drame at left back, but I think against West Brom actually Mowbray brought um, Janino Bakuna on and played him at right back and moved Laird over to left back. So he's obviously liked what he's seen from Laird at left back, um, and we know he's a brilliant player at this level and can play both positions but yeah I'm not massively surprised Buchanan has lost his place it's probably um, just a consequence of of players trying to adapt to the way Tony Mowbray wants some are going to do better in the beginning and yeah. some aren't I, th I think that is uh, that is it, the explanation in a nutshell there um, I spoke to uh, to Lee Buchanan after the Leicester game I just asked him what Tony Mowbray said said to him and, and, and he said he's trying to get him to play forward more Mm. Um, and I think that's key, isn't it? You, you can see, I mean, Laird need, needs no second invitation to to, to get forward. Uh, Cody Drame is is actually pretty good, I think, as, as well. Probably better at getting forward than than Buchanan is. Um, so I think that's that's probably the reason why um, Mowbray's gone down that 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 line of you know playing two two right right footed fullbacks. Um, Part, the other part of Simon's take was um, JJ on on the left. I thought that was an interesting wrinkle last night because it gave it gave some physicality to the team, didn't it? In a in 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 what you would consider to be a creative position, wide left. That's a creative Siriki Dembele type position, but putting JJ there gives you a little bit of physicality. Yeah, and he's diligent, isn't he, defensively? He gets back and he helps. Like Laird bombs on, and and JJ was filling in. Yeah, at left back at times to cover the space. Um, I think we, we've been, we were talking last night, actually. We've been talking throughout this whole season about what is JJ's strength, what's his real strength. We, we kind of suggest that he's pretty good at most things. But, you know, having watched him recently, especially in the Tony Mowbray, I think his greatest strength as a, as a central midfield player is the way he bursts past players, his power, his running power. Um, and yeah. he, he did that a few times against Blackburn. He did it in the centre a little bit, but mostly from the left. And there was one one moment in stoppage time where he's burst down the left, beaten one Blackburn player easily, right in front of John Eustace. Um, and he's been he's been tripped up and gone down for the free kick, and obviously given Blue some some respite in stoppage time. 
And then he's jumped up and celebrated in front of John Eustace. And maybe that was a, you know, little message. Why didn't you play him at the start of the season or whatever? I don't know. I'm not in Jordan James' head. But it was a nice moment because you don't often see players celebrate that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I I think you're right. I think we... um... He kind of summed up what he's bringing to the side now against Sheffield Wednesday for me. There was a run, run down the far down the touchline where he just, you know, he was strong. He was he was a little bit faster, but the strength and with which he which he ran past just straight past two defenders, just basically knocked the ball and ran past them, and and they bounced off him. Uh, and I, I think that that physical muscular carrying of the ball. I've used that phrase quite a lot today. Um, carrying of the ball is 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 what JJ. He's becoming that type of midfielder, isn't he? And and that's that's valuable if it's in the middle or if it's on the flank. Um, so yeah, I th- it, it was it was very interesting way to use JJ, and I thought he did it pretty well. Mm. Uh, which brings us to our to questions. We've had loads of questions. Um, so Tony Hawes has started off as off with one. Alex, do you want to do you want to? Uh, reveal what Tony's asked us. Yeah, so uh, will you be going to a training session like you did with Rooney for the day? If so, when so that you can let us know what's changed and your thoughts on Tony Mowbray's approach as he's making a difference and not afraid to shake up the team, is he and it worked? Um, very good question, Tony. It was a, it's a, that's, that's an interesting one because I've not actually approached the subject with, uh, with, with anyone who can make that happen, but... Um, it's not really something that happens often in the season. Uh, it's normally something you get to see in pre-season. You see things in work that they're working on, especially if you go to like pre-season training camps and things like that. Um, I don't think it will happen between now and the end of the season. But also at the same time, you know, Tony Mowbray is a manager of 20 years experience. I don't know whether he's done that before, but I'm, I'm not sure he's, he's going to be that, that bothered about having having journalists at training and looking at what he does. I'm pretty sure he's confident he's in his own methods yeah. and knows what he's doing. He doesn't need our, you know, approval or whatever. Uh, I think Wayne Rooney was a different case. He was obviously a young coach and trying to get his messages across and to, to support us. And I think he needed um, kind of journalists around to, to help people understand what he was trying to do. Um, I'd be surprised if that happened with, with Tony Mowbray. I think he might hopefully get glimpses in the summer, but I'm not sure about in-season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, I think to, just my own impression, for for what it's worth, it probably isn't much. Tony is that uh, what Mowbray's trying to do is he's, he's trying to pass the ball forward, and I, I think we we've seen that with his selection of fullbacks and I've, and the two players that played in central midfield last night. It's all about getting the get playing the ball through the thirds and getting Blues to be that more possession based team, and I, I think that is the big change, isn't it? You know we. Yeah. And, and I'm actually quite surprised at how quickly it's. It's not perfect, but I'm I'm surprised at how quickly they are playing some quite nice stuff, aren't you? Yeah, no, I am. I, we've been saying this from the start. I think the, the most telling thing for me has been how good they've been at playing out from the back. You know that 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 move against Blackburn where John really started it played out to the two yeah. centre backs. They've played it around a little bit, but eventually they've worked their way through the thirds and, and created a real goal scoring opportunity. We watched John Ruddy and the two centre-backs play out under Wayne Rooney and it was, you know, it lacked structure and it was it was difficult to watch. Um, and they rarely got anywhere other than, you know, putting themselves in trouble. 
Uh, I think back to that Rotherham game where I think it was Ruddy and Ivory trying to play out and it led to a chance where they really, really should have scored. It was a miracle goal on clearance from Dion Sanderson that saved them. But um, but it, they just looks a good structure to it. They look like players are taking up the right positions. They know where their next pass is. Um, and it's been so much better. And I'm surprised he's been able to do that in, in little over a month. What's been interesting, I, I suppose... Uh, under Rooney, it looked like the defenders were the problem, and these defenders can't play out from the back. Mowbray's come in, and, and he's quickly said it's the central midfielders that need changing here. Yeah. Bought three, bought three central midfielders in in the, in the transfer window, and uh, suddenly, you know that, well, not suddenly, um, but you know they are starting to, to to make it look that little bit easier. So that that's what an experienced manager gets you, doesn't it? You know, the the identifying the right solution for the right problem. Yeah, um, yeah. I, Interesting point in that, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, Luke has asked us something a bit different for you both. Top five Blues loan players that you've fallen in love with, and we can't just go Stansfield one to five. This, Luke, this is this, a question this, for me, Brian. This is one for you, surely. This this is a, also a podcast on its own, but I will. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it now. Um, I mean, do I like? Is, is Stansfield in there? He might be. The top Burke in there. <laughs> just outside. Just outside. Um, <laughs> I, the top one, and it, and it just leapt instantly to mind, was Mikel Forsell uh, when he came on loan in the um, early Premiership years. He came on loan twice, actually. That that first loan spell was particularly effective. Um, 19 goals in, in all competitions and just a finishing genius. And there's a small part, well, actually, it's quite a big part of me that still dreams of the day Mikel Forsell comes back to, to manage Birmingham City. So, yeah, he, he's... he's He's head and shoulders my favourite ever Blues Loney. Uh, of, of the more recent ones, I really like John Terrell um, because of Blues had a pretty, a team of roundheads and John John Terrell was a little bit of a cavalier. He he, brought, he, he was just brought that little bit of, of finesse to a fairly functional side. Um, I'm talking about his first loan under under. Rowett rather than the one under Karanka, which was doomed um, to failure from the start, unfortunately. But yeah, he, it was it was a season 16, 17, no, 15, 16, I think, when he um, he scored about he scored eight eight championship goals, won won everything in the um, at the end of season awards, and was a really good player. Scored an absolute Glenn Hoddle esque one for the teenagers there. Um, Goal against Ipswich, where um, goalkeeper Thomas Kuchak, I think it was, lumped it forward. There was a flick on, and uh, Terrell just followed it from 30 yards without the ball touching the ground. So, yeah, Terrell's another one. And two of the very more recent ones, uh, Han- Hannibal was fun. Uh, he's the only player ever to call me fat in a press conference, which, <laughs> which, uh, which, which, which is probably probably true, but nonetheless still quite surprising to hear coming from a a nineteen year old at the time in his in his second or third language, um, and um, yes, to Heath Chung as well. I, I really liked mm. Heath as a as a guy. Uh, I remember doing a press a, a an open day a preseason open day that Alex has, has just mentioned uh, previously. Um, and they've put they've put Juan Castillo and um, who hasn't made the list and uh, Tahith Chong up for interview and I'm doing an interview with with Castillo and um, 
to Heath Chong is is just stood there patiently waiting for his turn. Uh, this, this this is a supremely talented young man who has on on loan from Manchester United, and you know the fact he would wait to speak to me. I, I was I was you know I thought what what a good guy. You know he's clearly been brought up very well, and he was always like that. You know when, mm. whenever 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 you saw him around the training ground, he'd make it make a make a point of coming over and saying hello. Even if you're talking to somebody else, he'd even apologise for interrupting just to say yeah. hello. So, yeah, Tahith Chong, um, absolute star of a young man. Um, so hopefully, Luke, that hasn't wasted too much of your time. Uh, John John Merrill, uh, who drops out of the side for Pritchard um, as you feel when fit if he plays in the Mowbray? Um, also, after, like, after, after last night, some credit to both Roberts. Mark Roberts was excellent at the back. Um, yeah, we've 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 talked about Tyler Roberts. Mark Roberts was excellent at the back. Alex, I'm going to give this one to you. Who drops out of the side for Pritchard? I think it'll be Tyler Roberts, won't it? Um, I think I think Gazelle and Pritchard are the two guys who Mowbray signed to kind of show the others how to play this way. Gazelle, I think, will play every game between now and the end of the season if he's available and fit. Um, Pritchard. When he gets fit up, I think he'll probably be in the team. Mobra actually mentioned it in his press conference after the Blackburn game, and that you know if Pritchard of his feet thinks he may be taking a few of those chances because he's just he's such a good striker of the ball um, and such a good technical player. So uh, we know how high Tony Mowbray is and Alex Pritchard. I I think he'll probably come in the team, and I think Tyler Roberts is most is at most threat. But having said that, you know there's also Junior Bakuda to think about. There's also George Hall potentially coming back. Jordan James plays in that position, as I mentioned earlier. There are a lot of options. And what's to say, you know, Pritchard couldn't play off the left? You know, Tyler Roberts could play in the middle. What's to say Tyler Roberts couldn't play off the left and Pritchard could play in the middle? They could play together. Um, but looking at the team last night, I'd probably say Tyler Roberts' position is at most a threat. Because I think if Pritchard's going to play, he's probably mostly going to play as a number 10. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I I suppose what they might do is manage Stansfield's Jay Stansfield's minutes, um, yeah. and you know Tyler Roberts will probably rotate with Stansfield in that situation. But yeah, it's 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 one of those two positions, those two nines. Um, mm. Yeah, I I agree. In, uh, thanks for that, John. Um, you can do this one as well, Alex. David O'Neill <laughs> has asked, does Mark Roberts deserve a new contract? Um, also, is Sunderland likely to be close to a sellout? I'll do the Sunderland bit. Yes, Sunderland is very close to <laughs> it's very close to to a sellout. I think I think at the time, it depends when you listen to this, but you know certainly when we were there last night, they were talking about it being very close to a sellout. Alex, you can do the Mark Roberts side of things. Does Mark Roberts deserve a new contract? You know, when 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 Mark Roberts beamed one out of play trying to switch it in the first ten minutes, I think the ball actually might have almost hit Tony Mowbray, who was sat about ten rows beneath us in the in the press box. Uh, I thought, oh no, he's he's gonna he's gonna do that a few times, and fans are gonna get get frustrated with him, and it's not gonna go well. But he actually played really well. He, he defended Blue's box really really well. He was a huge threat on attacking set pieces. He hit the post first half, and he should have scored. Um, just after half time, what a delivery by Andre Dazel that was, by the way. Um, I thought he was really solid. You know, we say that Mark Roberts is slow sometimes, but I actually think in a straight line when he's when he's turned round, he's he's quite quick. Um, he gets moving he, when he gets up to speed, actually quite quick and can can live with most strikers. Um, 
I thought, yeah, I'm, on the subject of a new contract, um, if I'm, I'm just talking around a question there. Aren't I? <laughs> Get uh, to the, the point, subject, man. On the subject of a new contract, um, it's difficult. I don't, I don't think so. Um, but having said that, you know, when Blues have got so many kind of defenders, you know, at the end of the season, they're going to have one recognised centre-back, aren't they? It's going to be Dion Sanderson. Also, Christian Bielik, obviously, if Mowbray is going to continue with the experiment of playing him there. So, if we think, because Ivo has been left out of squads, Ivo, they're not, we don't think they're going to sign Ivo. Um, you know, Kevin Long's also out of contract, Mark Roberts out of contract. Out of the three of them, Mark Roberts has done the best under Tony Mowbray. That's what I will say. If his, if his wage isn't massive, then I suppose there's a chance. I don't see it personally. I think Mark Roberts will probably move on at the end of this season because he's what, been at Blues seven years. Um, but, you know, I don't know. If he plays well enough between now and the end of the season, what Tony Mowbray might think, I can have him round as a backup. Yeah, he'll be 34 at the start of next season. Um, yeah. I, I've If the, if the numbers are, are club-friendly, club then I haven't got a huge issue with it as long as his role is made clear that you know he's not a 40 gamer a season man mm. i'd say yeah um matthew's asked what is the issue with buchanan I, I think we kind of covered the buchanan matthew hopefully you're you're happy with with our thoughts on that one uh joe smith i'm seeing does um andre dazelle improve game by game do you know there's an option to buy after the loan i'd like to see him on a permanent he has, he has been really good. Uh, what I was told when they signed as well is that it's designed to become permanent transfer. So he has got, I believe, there's an option to extend his contract to QPR by a further year. Um, I think there's something already in place that if he does do well at Blues, they can sign him. That's that's what I'd say on that one. Uh, and Alex Hans, last one. Um, he, he's, again, said by thought both, both of the Roberts. Um, both Roberts looked good last night. Uh any news if Pritchard and Sanderson might be back in the squad for Saturday? So Tony Mowbray, we asked him about Pritchard and he threw Sanderson in as well for us, didn't he? So what was, what was the update on that? Uh, so Pritchard, he said he's struggling for, for Saturday against Sunderland. Obviously, he'd love to play that game against his former club, but he's struggling. Sanderson, another another former Sunderland player, uh, he is due to train on Thursday. Um, so potentially get two training sessions in before the Sunderland game. Mowbray did suggest, you know, that he's, he'd be surprised if Sanderson starts the game because he, you know, Mark Roberts and, and Christian Beard did very well. Blues kept a clean sheet. He's probably not going to change it. Uh, but Sanderson could be back in contention for the squad. Brilliant. Uh, which I think is all of the takes. I, yep. The last, the last bit of that, that, that question, Brian. Um, also blind optimism here, but can we still sneak into the top half? Oh, yeah. So I was hoping to duck that one. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, can, yes. Will, uh, I think. Uh, can, yes. Will, probably not. I'm going to go. Uh, there's six points between Blues and, uh, as we speak, uh, six points between, between Blues and 12th. Mm. <sighs> Blues have a game in hand as well. No, you might be talking me around. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just say a, a largely unanalyzed, not based on anything prediction other than ten years of um, of, of precedent to say Blues won't quite get into the top half. Um, but I do, th I'm, I'm thinking fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, something, something like that. Um, I just still think goals might be a bit of an issue, but uh, certainly, I certainly do not see them um, scraping too close to the the. The uh, the end of season, 
bun fight. Yeah, I, I, I reckon a mid-table finish as well, Brian. I agree with you on that one. Brilliant. Okay, which uh, I think rounds everything off. Um, thank you, Alex, for your time. And thank you all for listening. Remember, if you hit subscribe, if you're watching on this on YouTube, that would be brilliant. And also, you can hit subscribe, subscribe on Spotify and not miss any of our episodes. So thanks again. And uh, let's bask in the glory of last night's win. And it's uh, keep right on from both of us.